red or blue. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was my point. It's just, it's, it's, you know, I think the voting is just... A, I'm, I'm young, right? Well, I'm 29. And, and, you know... Yeah, but most people are like, I'm young. I'm seven. <laughs> I'm seven and I'm not voting. All right, you can have to vote. Well, you can't. But... <laughs> yeah, you can try. Yeah. In fact, run for office. <laughs> First order of business. More Play-Doh. Yes, we can all get behind that. All in favour? Agreed. Ban green licorice chocolate, whatever the fuck they oh, are. <laughs> Was it, is it, yeah, licorice chocolate, green chocolate. What's the weird... What? It's licorice chocolate, I think it is. What? Fucking horrendous. What? It's this sweet that's like chocolate. Yeah. It's like a hard-boiled sweet. Right. Of lime chocolate, that's what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I thought chocolate. they were like a big thing. Yeah. But they're weird as fuck. They're, it's, uh, it's an odd concept. I think yeah. someone... It, it seems like someone was kind of on their way to like an aero bar and just got it completely wrong. <laughs> like, because that was like... Mint and chocolate is like, yeah, that works really well. Let's make the insides green. Amazing. What about lime and chocolate, but not chocolate? It's got to like, be better than the crescent chocolate. Yeah. Like we tried that. It didn't work very well. <laughs> be like, they all went for the non-ripe banana chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it hard so you can't like chew it and like make it really citrusy. It's like, no, this is stupid. It's just, it, no. was just, it was just a weird experience. Bad iteration of an arrow. Yeah, I imagine kids don't like it. Like, kids don't like licorice, but I'm sure there must be some kids Yeah, I like always licorice. hated licorice when I was a kid, but I did taste. love uh, blackjacks and aniseed. I can... I can. You liked aniseed, but you didn't like licorice. No, it's, it's a different flavour. I, I, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, it's because... Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> Because my, my my dad was always massive on licorice. He liked licorice all sorts, and I could eat those because there was like it was like a licorice sandwich, like right, with yeah. sugar and just stuff. But then, yeah, actual licorice, just like straight up licorice sticks that like my da- my dad would get them from like those ye olde sweet shop things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like yeah, like old school licorice with no sugar, and it's just like I I don't Pure understand this root. as a sweet. I don't yeah. get it, but. Aniseed balls I really liked, and blackjacks I really liked, and that was kind of an aniseedy flavour. Yeah. Yeah. But, nah, was never a licorice person. Yeah. Yeah. I used to hate Sambuca, and then I started to like licorice. So I don't know whether there's a new wave of taste coming my way. I don't know. I can still do... <laughs> I can still do... I was always able to do Sambuca and Jägermeister and well, I, I could like do that. it, but I was never yeah. like, this is nice, this tastes like licorice. <laughs> and now I feel like it could be like, oh, this tastes like licorice. Yeah. It could turn my world upside down. <laughs> Anyway, enough of this light-hearted entertainment. Let's get yeah. back down to this Does very this serious, serious idea of revoting for a vote that Ugh. was voted about having voted a while ago. I like the idea. <laughs> right. If um, the, 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 the argument that they're always putting forward that describes themselves is, we're here to work for you. Um, and in actual fact, they are kind of employed by us. That's... That that's how the system supposedly works. I know it's not like it's mm. not that simple or whatever, but I'd like to go with that theory and be like, you voted in, you have six months a year, like you have probation, and then we vote again. And if you've done a good job or whatever, you can do the rest of your four years, you the rest of your five year term. If you've done a shit job, we get someone else in, and then that's it. Because I th- I think this kind of like. The, the, the history's kind of shown that the attitude of a politician changes so quickly once they're once they're actually in power. It's like here's what I said and here's what I actually meant by that. Now that mm. I'm here, um, so it, I think having that kind of system in place would be a really interesting well, way. Just, of I think the reason that politicians came by the bullshit previous is because people were the education system was really bad. Yeah, so like you couldn't really have a local vote on what type of tree you brought in because some people would be like we want this tree yeah. and other people say I want a, a blue tree I'd be like well we don't have blue trees well then I'm going to kill you you know <laughs> it didn't really work but now like think about something on a smaller scale like I read that like potholes is something that you know local councils sort out yeah. and apparently now they're looking at doing plastic um, a kind of plastic mould to fill potholes because it's much, 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 much cheaper. Right. And it's just as strong. Okay. So a decision about whether or not you should switch to plastic potholes mm. instead of I think, tarmac, I'm assuming they use. Well, you don't need to vote on that, really. Well, it depends. You? you know, 
there might be some people who are infuriated by the idea. Say that the country was torn <laughs> about plastic or tarmac. Right. You'd be like, well, it's, it's locally on a local level. Yeah. Each council is below. Well, what do you want? And then there's enough. Before there was only like one channel on TV. Now there's unlimited internet TV. So you can just have like, well, whatever, any issue you want to talk about, like you can get the either the policy of poli- the a role of a, a politician yeah. in that example would be to try and educate people on all aspects of the uh, of the topic that they're trying to vote on. It just seems weird that you're voting for a party that disagrees with itself statistically. Yeah, because a party is built of like 300 people at minimum. Yeah. And you can't agree with absolutely everything or everyone can't agree with absolutely everything with each other. Mm. They might agree with the principle or the faith of yeah. that party. And then you can't really vote for a person because that person is not going to have a direct result on your local area. Yeah. And that person can just quit. Yeah. If the people disagree with them, they can just quit. Yeah. So you're not voting for a leader. You're not voting for a party. What you vote, you're voting, you're just putting your hat in the ring to make you feel like you're having some semblance of power. But I want to try something interesting. I want to try, because um, I've heard if you write to politicians, mm. they'll write back. My dad does it all the time. So I'm interested in coming up with some, not strange questions, but Nick questions. Yeah. To see if this will change the world. <laughs> <laughs> It'll change the podcast, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just keep it all anonymous and then just like have a raffle. And yeah. Who do you think said this? Was it this party or this party or this party? <laughs> and then get an idea of... Because my, my assumption is that it's it's frivolous, the whole thing. Yeah. It's all just kind of um, uh, putting money into a charity box because that makes you think that you're giving to the cause and you've got some kind of input into fixing the world. Mm. It's the same as having a vote. You know, well, I voted for these guys. Did you vote for them? Yeah, so that I, so we're the same. Yeah, it's like all right, okay, whatever you say. You yeah. voted for them. Well, you're different to us. Yeah, like, okay, I voted cool. not to kill babies. So did I. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily make us the same. It just means that our stance on killing babies is the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, again, we yeah. could be yeah, very exactly. different otherwise. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been um, the, the only the only solution for this is either me just to completely go on a steamroller train ride of me just saying that everything is frivolous, or prove that it's frivolous <laughs> so yeah just uh, yeah i might try to start writing or emailing uh, political parties just be like i start every every paragraph with i don't give a fuck about your politics mm. but how about this let's get this gcse philosophy question <laughs> you know if something is both is and isn't where are we yeah huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they have to reply if they don't reply, it means that they don't listen to their public. I'm, it's I'm be not a gold mine. Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure they. They're not. They can't be contractually obliged because they to must reply get like hate mail. Yeah, like serious hate mail, and they don't. I I can't imagine they would have to respond to that. And you should never suffer in silence. Quite a cordial manner. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, donkey badminton seven nine three. I think yeah. <laughs> some people should live, yeah. <laughs> including myself. Yeah. Anyway, let's have a joke. All right. Should we have a joke? Yeah. To continue on the hate rail. Um, uh, the certain talk about last week, right? About my hatred spectrum. Yes. About how I I I, I full on hate things uh, without proper. With weird justification, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. So I hated adorableness in a yep. film last yep. week because they were really pushing the adorableness yep. and I don't get it and it made me angry. Yeah. Um, I get the same thing in other things. And like, because I want to eventually start doing some comedy. I mean, we're on episode 31, so that's nearly a year in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to eventually start doing eventually something. I'll start doing, you know, something. Um, uh, I found I have a real problem with, with certain types of humour. That again, like I love getting angry because I'm an angry person, and it's it's healthy to get it out in a one I don't know venue than it is another one. So it's just nice to talk about it and get it all out. Yeah. So when people go on angry rants in comedy, it's like oh, I can usually get on board with that. But as soon as that joke becomes rational, ra- able to be rationalised as to why you shouldn't be angry about it, it comes to an abrupt halt, and my hatred goes. And my hatred is wasted on this. <laughs> and I stop. So, like, um, there's a, there's an old joke about, you know, life jackets on planes. 
you yeah. know, they've got a whistle on them. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to help. You know, you're floating in the sea. You know, it's a bit pathetic, isn't it? It's floating around going, that's not going to save your life, is it? <laughs> and you go, I get it, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Is that you probably won't survive the air crash. Uh, a plane won't be able to hear your whistle. But then you go like, well, it's to find other survivors. Yeah. So like, if you're floating in a sea, the sea's not like flat and calm. Especially sick. after a plane's crashed. Into yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, the Twin Towers were never flat and calm after the plane. Well, they were eventually. Yeah. But not <laughs> shortly after. <laughs> like, it was chaos. So when a plane hits the sea, like it's rocking up and down. It, you know, maybe there's noise from the sea, like you hear at the beach. Signals are more aggressive. So you're blowing the whistle to find more survivors, yeah. and then if it's dark. And there's a boat looking for you. And then you can blow, everyone blows a whistle, and oh, you, know, you can help in your life. Mm. You can save your life. <laughs> but it's funny to shit on it because, like, the, uh, the 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 first level of that joke is the image of someone floating in the sea, blowing a whistle, and assuming that's all that they need to do. Yeah. So I get the startup and momentum for it, but I don't understand how they went. You know what's weird on life jackets? Whistles. Because once you blow it, then oh, oh, hang on. No, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> don't know whether what is that. It sounds like a German sense of humour. If it is practical, it's <laughs> a weird Russian. What's a German accent? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> is it? If it makes sense, then just do it. No, I can't do German accent anymore. It's pretty much Arnie, isn't it? But can you do Arnie without going? <laughs> how many? How many do you want me to? No, I can't. No, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I used to be able to speak a bit of German, and now I can't yeah. on cue do a German accent. So yeah, I don't know whether it's a German comedy thing. Was like, if it's practical, then it's no longer humorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was a the comedian. Maybe it's humorous when you find out that it's practical. I do not understand. <laughs> oh, now I understand. <laughs> That is hilarious. The bubbles on the inside of the jiffy bag are to cushion damage. <laughs> Before they seem so pointless. <laughs> they seem like a waste of air. Yes. We this can be bag, breathing. This bag is humorless. Yeah. Well, and, and then also like the same type of humor that fucking um, uh, angry rants Angry rants about your anger. I, get, I think I talked about this briefly before. Mm. But if you're a lot of people's angry rants that become about their victimhood tends to frustrate me as well. Like there was a thing about Bic Biros or something brought out a biro for women. Right. And there's a load of comedians who did a whole bit about that and how it's about the establishment yeah. trying to manipulate women. Into, it's not it's advertisers trying to manipulate women just as they manipulate anybody into trying to yeah. rid them of their money and the, the, yeah, the, impl- the, the idea of making a pen for women has got promising comedic stimulus in there to try to play on gender stereotypes or to play on any kind of thing to do with, the, with that gender yeah. but a lot of it was also oh they're saying that we can't use men's pens so, well there is no men's pen no. there's only pens and women's <laughs> pens yeah so then people playing on it I just didn't get it but I don't understand anything I need to get over it because <laughs> <laughs> it's surely it's just more procrastination right it's like I'll come up with something that I think's funny start rising with it oh no now this makes sense yeah and then just stop <laughs> or do you carry on down that route until you've gone down that route until you figure out something that is irrational and funny <laughs> feels more strict as well doesn't it yeah i would I, I would i would keep going with it and then yeah i don't, it's, I don't it's know it's a weird one it's weird it's when it's when it starts to make sense then you can just be like yeah i'm i know it makes sense but i'm fucking mental so here's my other thought yes yeah, so and then, then the, the argument yeah. keep tumbling down the rabbit hole so then the, the rant is about your own anger issues yeah because then you can you can like the um, fucking um, Guardians of the Galaxy thing last week. Yeah. At no point was I trying to say that the Guardians of the Galaxy should change or people shouldn't go and see that film. Yeah. The whole thing about that rant was my anger. Yeah. And me trying to understand my anger. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's just the route to you know. Yeah, yeah I've just found it too many times, and then maybe that could be something that can uh, again let's keep the seriousness. I guess. <laughs> Last week we had viral sensation child abuse. We had all these crazy wacky things. <laughs> now it's just well, you know, politics. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a straight shooting game. Yeah, and um, life jacket humour. I'm not a fan. <laughs> 
It's the week that falls on my edit as well, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Uh, I think it's the other way around. I, I had a good edit this week, I think. Was yeah. like, oh, it was actually quite good. Every time, every time we're recording something and, and it goes well and it's your edit, I hate you a bit more. <laughs> I don't know why. Just no one knows who does the edits on what on what episode because we vary it up. Yeah. But so I don't, there's no like credit being yeah. given. It's just sometimes one of us might be more more inclined to tweet. Yeah. yeah. I tweeted last week. Oh, last did you? week's today. Oh, I didn't check. Yeah. It's a, I mean, we went straight from 27 to 31. There's a month. Yeah. No Twitter. Amazing. There you go. Yeah. It was. Um. I I I did the dog episode. So, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've got, like, top trumps as far as shit episodes to edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, my dog is also, is always a welcome guest on the podcast. <laughs> but apparently only if she's disabled. Yeah. <laughs> she just gets warm. What? Dogs get warm. I, I, it's not like a thing of, like, I don't like her, because she's, she's, she's been around successfully before this. It yeah. was just, like... It, it was it, it was just trawling through it and trying to figure out where to stop and where to start. <laughs> we and like, gave up halfway through. Yeah, and then she as soon as we gave up, she went to sleep. Yeah, and then we kind of got talking. I was like, oh, maybe we should just, just and then uh, started it again, and then eventually she kind of came back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jim Jeffries. Um, it's got a new show coming out. Is it like a it's like a game show or something on um, Comedy Central? I think it's like. Some- no, it's the Jim Jeffries show. Yeah. I think it's meant to be like a Jim Jeffries doing Jim Jeffries type humor bit. Yeah. Like, say, it's like, it's a 10 part series. And, like, say, it's a bit about gun control. You do an episode on gun control. Yeah. And then travel the world to point out where gun control is, the mm-hmm. arguments that he has re experienced with gun control and yeah. take them apart and kind of put them together, which sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, definitely to see how that goes. Um, and Frankie Boyle is also coming back. Uh, oh, yeah? Apparently after he's the general election. Yeah, apparently he's got a new special coming out. I can't remember who told me, but apparently he's got a new one coming oh. out. And, um, yeah, he's coming back to BBC. I, to be honest, yeah, I get the point of, like, he tried to retire a few times. He declared that he was retiring a few times. Yeah. But he always kind of came back. But it doesn't feel like it's just for money. Because he always kind of kept in a little bit. He's a strong voice that needs, you know, yeah. that he has these like clear, concise points to make. And I guess having a venue to kind of do that, and then it, now it's gone. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, no, I, you know, this. I still want. I want to say this. Yeah, I feel like he was doing that um, uh, autopsy shows with like the election autopsy and Brexit autopsy, uh, Scottish right, yeah. referendum autopsy, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and like, yeah, having like big discussions with stuff. So. He's moving more into the, I think, that kind of show, like a weekly, was it topical, new topical comedy show? Almost like a daily show kind of thing, but Frankie Royal. Yeah, and obviously people are like, well, people got him banned from TV before. Yeah. So, like, he's, uh, and he's, you know, he's gotten himself banned from stuff. Yeah. I can't remember what he did, but he did something at the Royal Variety Show that got him kicked off the BBC. (laughs) (laughs) But they said it'll be challenging viewing, but it's going to be good. Yeah. So that could be good. That'd be quite yeah. cool. It's nice to know that two good, good, um, well balanced people. Yeah. Even though the a lot of people see them as unbalanced, it's like nah, I think <laughs> they're pretty balanced people. I see them going into uh, into more of the social limelight. Yeah. Um. Not to veer back into politics, but I saw a weird video earlier on. Um. It was around about the time when Stoke was doing its by election. Um. To. Uh, and they were trying to get Labour voted back in and there was a worry that it was going to go to UKIP and the whole place was going to go fucking mental. And there was a video clip um, of Eddie Izzard in the middle of Hanley um, uh, bigging up the the, the, the the Labour guy. And he spoke to a news reporter and and, um, and said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a member of the Labour Party now and I'm doing all this work with them and everything like that. And he said he's running as an MP at the next election. Like oh, in twenty twenty one, I was like, "That that's fucking meant in Stoke." I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't I know. Remember, like, I don't know where was, it'd be. I did remember reading a while ago that he was going to do something political, and then I he's always been, it, yeah. I guess, kind of politically minded. Well, like what he did, um, he did his marathon, marathon. Um, like I think there was a slight political edge there where he, he was talking about politics and yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, I think he did a whole bunch of stuff for Brexit as well. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he was getting like into the. Po- I, I heard. I thought he was running for London Mayor at one point. I think that was that was like a Eddie Lord's going to run for London Mayor kind of yeah. article. So I thought that was going to be interesting, and then he kind of disappeared. But I guess he's just kind of like umming and ahhing about it and starting slow and then building his way up. Because Eddie is Eddie is a genius. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he, he's comedy genius. I don't know about much else, but if it, a guy that funny, has got to be a good leader. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who can unconsciously teach you history, yeah, <laughs> through ridiculous examples of cake or death, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. trust him with my. I definitely, well, I would definitely vote for Eddie Izzard, yeah, regardless of who he was with, regardless or... of any policy. <laughs> I just want to live in a world where Eddie Izzard is, pol- is, and that is a problem with politics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a popularity contest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I've been watching the. Uh, Last Kingdom. Have you watched any of that? No. Last Kingdom's a really good show, actually. It's um, it's like a Game of Thronesy-ish show in okay. like nine hundred England about the Danish invasion and stuff like that. And it's very much like you follow the story of this one Danish, one Saxon kid who was brought up by Danes and King Arthur and all that kind of yeah um, stuff in between that. And it's, it was the weirdest thing about it is it's it's not terrifying right. as in like and I say terrifying but the whole thing about game of, like game of thrones was all right i, I wouldn't say yeah. it's incredible but it was it was all right um but the thing that that started was like people like oh, oh my god he's dead oh my god i can't believe they did that where is this going to go yeah and i was just like no this is like a clear concise historical story yeah that's incredibly enjoyable to watch yeah and at no point you're like Oh no! I bet she dies by some ridiculous circumstance in the next yeah. scene. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like that. It's, this is very pleasurable to watch. Very understand and real, it's pretty realistic. I don't know whether it's like very historically accurate or whatever. Yeah, but it's like no, this is pretty interesting to watch, and it's not. You're not being. You're not expecting to be jock shocked <laughs> all the way through. Yeah, but and then loads of shows tried to recreate that in Game of Thrones, like because that success. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, we'll do a show like that." And you got stuff like Downton Abbey, that isn't a lot like Game of Thrones. I, in fairness, <laughs> I've never watched Downton Abbey, um, so I can't really talk for it. But mm. in no way does it appeal to me at all. Yeah, and I may, I get, again, maybe it's just I'm not giving it a fair deal or whatever. But I, I, I can't. I don't do period pieces. I don't get it. I don't. I. I, I it takes a lot to make me kind of want to watch. Well, do, you, have you, do you watch like Game of Thrones and stuff? I, like even that, I fell out with. Yeah, you see, I had that, and then I like. In fairness, Game of Thrones got me in because I like fantasy. Fantasy's a different thing. But when you're looking at period pieces, I'm just taken back to being like 14 years old, like clawing my eyes out trying to read Pride and Prejudice, and just yeah. being like, "This is the worst shit ever." Yeah, I, I noticed a big difference in in my enjoyment of certain genres like medieval and stuff like that mm. after doing D&D for a while and then yeah. after like, I'd never liked Lord of the Rings yeah and then when you when started playing D&D it was like oh I actually quite like Lord of the Rings now yeah yeah it's yeah. very much the I same did, yeah, universe yeah um, and then doing LARP in the kind of I think it's what is it 1100 mm. I think it's ba- the timeline is whereas everything's kind of medieval-esque with a bit of fantasy yeah but yeah that kind of medieval period piece is now more acceptable to me that and like Conan the Barbarian and yeah. stupid sword fighting like I'm a kid and I love all this yeah it was like, it's, it's, it's still there but Last Kingdom yeah it's pretty good it's uh, yeah it was just it was unique in the fact that it wasn't trying to be incredibly unique yeah whereas Game of Thrones was like our whole thing is you don't know what's happening next yeah so we'll just read a fucking Goosebumps book yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, you don't know what happened. Oh, A or B? Was it? Was that Goosebumps? Was that? Uh, did Goosebumps had like choose your own stories? But I don't think they were all Goosebumps books, were they? Uh, none of the ones that I read, but yeah. I didn't read loads. Yeah, <laughs> I only read. I remember Goosebumps. The only book Goosebumps book I remember reading was one where a guy accidentally turned in, swapped places with a bumblebee, <laughs> and his, <laughs> his mum just really liked her kid as a bumblebee. <laughs> Okay, now you be me and I'll be a bee. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go. 
<laughs> so like, yeah, this kid was just a bumblebee, and he was like trying to tell people that he's a bee, and then the human son, who was actually a bee, inside, but the son outside, was trying to kill him because all bees are vengeful. <laughs> He didn't want to go back, I guess, because life's maybe. pretty good as a as a non boy <laughs> beamer. Yeah, <laughs> horrible histories as well. That took off as well, didn't it? Weird kids' books. <laughs> they took my wings, but they gave me sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's weird. It's, I used to read as a kid. I used to read books to count the swear words in them. <laughs> In, like, year t- two. Yeah. No, year four. Got yeah. the accurate. Year four. Miss, I can't remember her name. She's a music teacher. Yeah. But used to find swear words in books. And then, like, surreptitiously mm. gain the attention of other people in the class. And, like, hold up how many swear words I found. <laughs> Trendsetter all the way. <laughs> oh, I was the leader of the gang. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this girl's boobies. Yeah, well, I found four words that said shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a legend. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... I've never been a big reader at all. Like, everything yeah. I know I've learned from documentaries and, and articles and stuff like that. And still to this day, people criticise... For, for when you when you say you're not a reader, I like I someone someone at work was saying it the other day. Like, oh, I I think the that that you you can't you can't uh, uh, gain a, a a larger vocabulary and understanding of language if you don't read regularly. It's like, well, that's that's bollocks. We were we were talking and singing and telling stories long before we fucking wrote it down. Yeah, but you can say the same, the same thing about singing. Yeah, so like if you don't sing, you've got no soul. Like, well. <laughs> You know, <laughs> people who regularly sing will probably understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. But it's not literally what it means. It's yeah. just like singing evokes a, a certain tribal reaction out of you yeah. that makes you, f- it puts things together. Yeah. If you're in pain, screaming out in a, in a certain um, scale will yeah. <laughs> alleviate more of that pain. Yeah. So, yeah, like anyone who says that about reading, you go, like, well, you can say about singing, fucking tap dancing. You can say about anything. Any, like, anything that people use to, you know, express themselves or to, no, not to... Because reading doesn't really feel like you're expressing yourself, but I guess you are. Reading is just a way of taking on information. And it's not something we've always done. It's not something that... that but it's, it's kind of meditative, right? Because, like, when you read a book... Well, when I've read books, and I think the assumption is when you read a book, you're not reading the words as consciously as you are subconsciously. So when you're reading a sentence, you're building up the image in your head about what's going on. So you're kind of creating a film in your head. So doing that monotonous task of flipping pages and and exercising your brain in that way is as peaceful. Like, it makes you feel at peace more. Like, yeah, like... Any any mundane task makes me feel like I'm meditating. Yeah. Like playing computer games on like a really... Doing something monotonous on a computer game I can do to make that make me feel yeah. a bit more chilled. So people get that with reading and singing and tap dancing. Well, you always say it trains patience because it was like delayed gratification as you're like revealing the storyline and whatever. But like, how is that different than watching a long form TV show? It depends how, how much you look into it. Which is what I'm talking about, Guardians of the Galaxy, about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, I, um, to, I, when I brought up Game of Thrones, I'd have thought um, uh, to, to re not to, to, to go into a little bit more detail about the whole tiny tree thing. Yeah. Is it felt gimmicky. And that's the thing that, that, that frustrated me. And yeah, I think we said like, it's kind of um, it's used to sell toys and sell stuff, but it felt like it was gimmicky. And in Game of Thrones, there's a dwarf. And the story for the dwarf is done so brilliantly, like it given so much depth, yeah, so much reasoning behind it. So like the journey of him and his struggles as a dwarf, and you know his relationship with his family because of him being a dwarf. Yeah, there was an obvious reason why this man was a dwarf, right? Um, and given all this storyline because of it. Whereas it wasn't just a short person in a fairy outfit, right? In order to sell the fairy outfit toy for Game of Thrones. Right, but you've had like... And I'm very biased, obviously. Yeah, because you've, he's, they've, they've had 60 hours or whatever it is to tell that story. No, but from episode one... From that, episode one, he was as deep as he possibly could be. He was deeper than a, a, a short person in a fairy outfit. 
Possibly. That's but the I, thing for me. Like, I, so you, you, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, a film has got certain a, a lot shorter times to so tell there's, that story. There's, there's boundaries, and I think yeah, you do make um, you do make compromises onto which stories to tell, like to, to to give more depth to, and which ones to kind of allow a certain. Um, Sort of a delayed gratification on. Yeah, if you like, gave oh, every we'll extra backstory, then you'd be fine. Yeah. So that then you, then you'd be making a TV series, like because yeah. that, that that's kind of how it is. But I didn't, I I didn't think what little that they could say about him really, um, really lacked depth. Like because he's a, he's he's on on the surface he's a fairly one dimensional character. Because he can't really say anything or anything, so you're looking at what he does and the way he expresses himself. But all of the depth that he has in the second film, he built from the first film. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. Um, in talking about the small tree, I was talking about. <laughs> I was meaning the um, effort put into making them a character, right? An adult, an adult character kind of thing. Yeah. But what I meant about the giving the reason that there he's a dwarf and given all these reasons, mm. I meant the gold villains. Oh right, that's okay. what I, I, that's, right. Yeah, I, I mixed up my own yeah. thought pattern in that yeah. in that point. So, um, they they could have made a dwarf the same way that they've made the baby Groot in Game of Thrones. Yeah. By making it. He's a dwarf, and he does silly dwarfy things. And oh, what a silly dwarf! He's short. <laughs> His house is smaller than other people's. Oh, how adorable! Oh, he finds another dwarf woman to have to marry, and oh, they've got a little dwarf family. Like that, 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 that to me is the thing that enrages me about the tree: is that it feels like they've kind of just gone, eh, but we'll just make it adorable, and it'll be fine. But well, you could, you didn't do that with, the, you could have done this with this dwarf. It's not the same company, obviously. I, <laughs> but yeah, the villains in, in the, the, gold, the gold people in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, it didn't feel like they had as much depth from the get-go. And as you said, maybe in the next film, or another film, they'll be given more of that data. Maybe, but you, you're only kind of introducing the idea of them. You wanted the idea of this race and what this race is called, beliefs are, and how they, how they would react to certain things. And I think now from that film you can now go into any other environment and be like okay how would they react in this situation and if you've seen that film you would probably know but they're, 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 I think maybe it's the one dimensional I think in my opinion of that race yeah. of like they're just children who think that they're really cool right? and that they play toys to fighter planes and when they lose they have a, a child tantrum maybe so it. but I mean like this is the this is the first episode like when you do, when when you introduced the Klingons you knew them as a very violent race and that was it with they a would... rich vibrant history <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can't remember how the Klingons started you, but that as an example I would like you have assumed you have the, the you have the broadest spectrum first and then you start to hone in on it as, as as time goes on, if you want to keep telling those stories, but initially, if you just want to involve them to kind of trigger further plot points, you just you just need to kind of give a brief kind of outline of what they are and what they do. Yeah, so I guess the I think my, maybe my frustration is in how much detail you put in that because you can put, as you say, as much or as little yeah. as you want into it. And the thing that yeah, the thing that I got from that's the certain things in it that the, the pissed me off about the gold people was. Partly, again, to do with how I think the storyline is kept as simplistic as possible because it was aimed towards, like, young teens or Mm. a younger audience, primarily, and then a lot of the layers were put on top. But I think that the main storyline of these tantrum-y gold people, they believe themselves to be a superior race who kill babies that aren't perfect. (laughs) Um, And snigger when they hear the name of somebody ugly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> his name's Poo Poo Head. <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. we get your rich cultural background now. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, from an adult's perspective, it's childlike. Yeah. From a child's perspective, they can re- relate to like, oh, the beautiful yellow golden people who play on their toys and, and yeah. laugh. I like when he, when he found out his name was Mr. Poo Poo Head, I laughed as well. You know, it's like, again, that's what I think. It's just, I'm just disconnected. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, I, I was just, I referred to that, to the dwarf thing. They could have gone the exact same, whoever made it could have gone down the exact same route. Yeah. And they went a different route and I relate more to their route. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not funny. <laughs> but, but um, true, <laughs> a little bit insightful into yeah. 
one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Nick so angry about it? Oh, well, turns out if you compare the two mediums between the two. Yeah. Why is Nick so angry? Episode 32. <laughs> Well, he doesn't seem angry about politics. He just seems very boring. <laughs> so it's not that. <laughs> uh, did you find any good news? This looks, all, all I had were my own thoughts, and when I'm left with my own thoughts, it doesn't tend to go well. Um, a man who slept next to his dead wife's body for six days recommends the experience. <laughs> Sleep next to my wife. Anybody want to sleep next to my dead wife? <laughs> like, a, like a really out of sync pimp. Yeah. Uh, this is highly truncated because the article I was I read through it and it was like it took me like forty five minutes. So I was just like, oh well, I need to chop this down a bit. He kept on taking breaks to sleep next to a corpse. Yeah. Get me a coffee. A coffee. Get me a coffin. Get me a coffin. Uh, in his first interviews since his Facebook post about sleeping in the bed next to his wife's Facebook his, posted it. Facebook post next to his Next to his wife, Wendy's cocoon went viral. Uh, Russell Davison says he would recommend it to absolutely everybody. And uh, sending her to the Undertaker's or a mortuary would have been weird. <laughs> Let's leave your wife alone. Like, this is weird fucking attitude towards ownership of somebody after they die. Where like, oh, my father's watching me in heaven. Yeah. And he's looking out for me. It's like, well, he probably doesn't give a fuck about you. If you if you do believe in an afterlife, like, they'll have Time Crisis 3 or something up there. You can do that. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't play that. He's going to come and watch my clarinet. Uh, watch me sleep next to your dead corpse. <laughs> Mr. Davidson did not call The Undertakers to his five-bedroom Victorian house in Derby. I don't know why they need to. That's very important. <laughs> he could have slept in any of the other bedrooms. But he instead chose... Yeah. Um, instead, he ceremonially washed his wife's body, put her in a lovely flowery summer dress, uh, lifted her from the bed into the organic, cotton-lined wicker cocoon. Uh, Wendy never liked the word coffin, uh, and he... Uh, <laughs> but she loved the idea of her corpse yeah. being put in a cocoon yes. and put in a dress that she might not have wanted to be seen in. <laughs> Well, you, you've lost some weight. You can now fit into your old wedding gown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first night after sobbing for ten hours, uh, the grieving he husband... Timed it. <laughs> like speed chess. Yeah. <laughs> on a fucking it's like, <laughs> instructions for burying your wife. Step one, sob for ten hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, that's done. Uh, time. Yeah. Uh, the grieving husband got into bed next to the coffin, uh, got my Kindle out, uh, had a read and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, had, he, had, he needed to disconnect from the, from the entirety of his day before he could go to sleep. Yeah. He's been spent so long grieving and washing and dressing this corpse and then been like, you know, I need, I need a break and then I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to have it next to you so that you don't escape in case you are alive. <laughs> I'm just going to have a read it's just <laughs> how to deal with the reality of death <laughs> you see what this guy says nah. <laughs> men are from Mars women are butterflies <laughs> uh, more and more people were invited to the vigil for Wendy not just their spiritualist Buddhist and pagan friends but all sorts an ex-boxer a four-year-old girl <laughs> Why did they decide to sh to age the child but not the boxer? <laughs> no. Well, an ageless boxer, yeah. a four-year-old, <laughs> all sorts. Yeah. Um, and then when it was time at eight thirty a.m., uh, after informing a bemused police force of what they were going to do, Mr. Davidson and his son sons uh, put Mrs. Davidson's body in the back of their Land Rover Discovery and drove it to the crematorium. Um, Don't you need a death certificate of some kind? Uh, apparently the guy came to the house and was just like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> just signed her off. Just came to the house and was like, I'll give you whatever you want. Yeah. Just please let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> Is she dead? Yeah, she's yeah. definitely dead. 
yeah. I'll give you a stiff saying she's dead and you're <laughs> fucking mental. <laughs> just signed it off. He kept a copy. They kept a copy. And then he just went on his way. Like a FedEx you know, guy. He's out of this world. His <laughs> yeah. cleanliness out of this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I put incontinence pants on her just in case there were leaks, but there weren't any. Um, her face sank a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face got more and more judgmental. <laughs> and her mouth started to drop open near the end, but not right open. Um, but just enough. Yeah. <laughs> As I told one friend, we're so into nature and everything it brings that there's nothing that could happen to Wendy's body that could frighten us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that the people aren't, you know, as he's saying he's not going to be disgusted by the um, collapse of her physical form. You'd yeah. be like, well, yeah, but, you know, that's not what you were in love with, right? Like, you were in love with the person that was in there and now the absence of that person. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, fucking... You well, should be grieving that and not grieving like, oh, no, her face is going to sink. No, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I will say, like, as I said, this this article is heavily truncated and they do go, like, quite into detail on his beliefs um, and whatnot. Like, they're both very spiritualist, pagan, Buddhisty kind of people. Um, and she died of cancer and they decided not to approach Western medicine. They were just like, we're just going to do it the natural way, which obviously results in death. <laughs> just, we'll just keep you in bed. Yeah. <laughs> just Six get days it, after you die. Get in your cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> something will happen I don't like the flowery dress yeah work for a moth it'll work for you <laughs> do moths have cocoons yeah. I know butterflies do I think they do I don't know who knows yeah um, like he, he goes on and, and like I do understand what he's saying uh, he, he says um, uh, we live in such a fear oriented society uh, we've become incredibly frightened of death petrified of it it's not like that in in natural cultures. If you go to the Amazon basin and see how they treat their dead, with they, they've got children around the body and like all of this stuff, mm. um, they would say that what we did with Wendy was totally n- normal. And like, yeah, I can kind of understand that. I think the reason it's weird is because we have a very like Westernized idea of death and how to grieve and like, mm. and it, it's different in every culture. So, yeah, maybe it's it, it, he didn't do anything abhorrent. He just hung around with a dead body. Yes, yeah, which implied, yeah, but he did so in secret. Um, I like, don't. Well, he did notice five friends and family. He d- he got like, a death certificate for it. Like he didn't. He d- he notified yeah. the authorities and everything. Like it was. But, but did he notify the authorities six days later when he went to the crematorium? Um, he notified the police when he was when he was taken when when he was like, oh, I'm gonna take my wife to be burnt today. Like, oh, okay, oh, is she dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Have you got her death reference number? Death re- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is on the system. Uh, Kevin put it on on Friday. Oh, it's very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like he got the death certificate and everything. So, like, I, I mean, I guess it's perfectly fine, but. He took a selfie of it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I guess private, but he did it in secret isn't probably the best way to phrase it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, the, the, apparently the whole thing went viral and everyone went a bit mental over it. Well, I read, um, well, I saw there was a TED Talk. I haven't really watched any TED Talks, but every now and again there's like a short one that comes up that looks interesting about an ambulance, um, a paramedic, who was talking about how there's this weird cultural thing where everyone's afraid of death. Yeah. So, like, as an as a, as a paramedic, he'd turn up to situations where people were definitely going to die, and he felt, like, obliged to not tell them they were going to die. Yeah. Because it would be rude. <laughs> like you know the assumption is that's not what they want to hear yeah they need because they're so terrified of death that they'll panic um but the, the guy goes on into it it goes like then you realize that if you tell them that they're going to die there's no panic there's no fear there's just kind of this like okay mm. like you think you're going to die so like if some you like <laughs> You know, if um, like you, you know, if you ask someone for their opinion and you kind of get that they're lying to you to try and protect your feelings, yeah. On your deathbed, I think you're probably a bit more sensitive to that kind of thing. So you'd be like, oh, "I'm going to die," and you're like, "Oh no, you won't." It's like, "No, I know I'm going to die." Yeah. So by just telling them, like, "Yep, yeah, you are going to die. You need to prepare yourself for this now." Yeah. Like every, every he says that every reaction has been really calm and just like, "Okay, great." Um, and he says, "You always they always have regrets, no matter who they are." Um, and they always want someone to know 
something. Yeah. So just having something, like knowing you're going to die, to be able to shoot like that. Now I have to know my last words, or whatever. You know, it's, it's empowering more than anything. Yeah. But there's definitely a fear of death myth where yeah. like, nobody wants to die. No. But if you know that you, you you get this weird natural sense that you're going to die, like you it's get... weird. It's one of I think facing death is one of those. Th- it's it's it's. What it's the universal thing that everybody is going to face at some point, but nobody really knows like what it's going to be like until you're in that situation, like how you'll feel about it, and how you react. Like nobody really wants it, unless yeah. you unless you're suicidal. But then that's mm. that's a different thing. That's that that's to do with like mental instabilities well, and like, whatnot. Ancient cultures were like blood frenzies or like. Um... Going into a you know a red haze of in war like mm. when you knew you were going to die, yeah. you could summon up super, extra strength in yeah. order to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, because you knew you were going to die, so therefore, like you know, like you have that shock where you get hit, where you suffer a traumatic injury, but you haven't re- your body hasn't registered it yet. Yeah, you've just got so much adrenaline running through you, yeah. you don't know that your legs bleeding out or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so like having that, that must be much bigger when it comes to you accepting that believing that you're going to die yeah. i don't think like oh, i'm gonna die and then, oh i've got cramp but no your body would just flush all of that out of your system yeah and you go into this weird higher plane <laughs> and do crazy shit so yeah. yeah i think accepting death is apparently more healthy than fearing it yeah well informing someone that they're going to die isn't as I, th- I think I think it's perfectly politically fine f- correct. I, don't know. I, I I've got no problem with people fearing death if they're using it as a motivator to kind of to mm. kind of get better. But obviously, if you're in the situation, then I mean, what can you do? You, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if someone told me I was going to die in a few days, I'd be fucking petrified. Yeah, but then you'd go through those. That's what the whole seven it's that seven stages stages, thing. stages. Yeah, yeah, of like yeah, because it's yeah. the mortal bargaining acceptance and acceptance is the last one. Yeah. I guess it can't <laughs> anger's yeah. one of them yeah, yeah. bargaining yeah. It, yeah it'd be good if it was the other way around like the last one is just seething anger <laughs> God let <laughs> <laughs> go out in mid mid rant <laughs> and another thing <laughs> you've always been like this ever since you were a <laughs> wow you went incredibly southern yeah <laughs> And then there's all, it's all loads of articles about, like, couple who's been together for 80 years dies in hospital beds next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> why, why is this the same as a small tree? I don't, yeah. I don't understand the parallel. But, yeah, like, a couples dying minutes or days apart is another heart, well, heartwarming story that people love. Where's well, that thing of, like, that's... people holding on for each other and all of that stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you, you'll often find that, um, that a couple will die within a couple of years of each other and not just because of age or something mm. like they can i don't know like um well they got a bit of unexpected recoil when they shot their partner in the stomach <laughs> <laughs> got a, yeah got a bruise to the sternum for the butt of the shotgun that caused them heart problems <laughs> later on. an infection <laughs> oh what a world yeah but like um i i think yeah, but I mean, my my nan was fine, but I've heard of other people that have like, oh, their partners died and their health just almost immediately just went downhill. Yeah, well, sadness and that is 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 physically bad for you. Yeah, like so, and the older you get, like the more difficult it is to fight for yeah. your body. So, like, yeah, like if you fall over as an old person, like damage is crazy. As yeah. opposed to if you fall, if your baby falls over, like you just kick it and laugh. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, having that, <laughs> having that kind of, uh, emotional. Does not authorize the idea of kicking babies. <laughs> <laughs> At least 50% of politics. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, death is, is definitely different. Yeah. Um, a recent house listing on Zillow, uh, which I think is like right move, but in the States, right. uh, in South Carolina, is gaining attention for its uh, mystery occupant upstairs that agents are telling potential buyers, don't bother asking about the occupant living upstairs rent-free. And the place is called Zillow. Uh, Zillow um, is the name of the website. Right. It's they in, believe in God. Z-I-L-L-O-W. God. Zillow. Oh, Zillow. Godzilla. Godzilla is now a real estate agent. Don't ask about the incredibly large apartment upstairs with the loud noises and screams. Just don't worry about it. It's the second floor of the house, so it's the equivalent of someone 
of my parents renting the la- uh, my parents buying the house and yeah. someone living in, in this the- room. Right. Um, yeah. And but nobody knows who it is. Um, it doesn't pay any rent or anything. Um, should someone buy the home in Casey? I think Casey uh, near the city of Columbia. Um, the listing says that the person assumes responsibility for the tenant upstairs. <laughs> it specifically states, Upstairs apartment cannot be shown under any circumstances. Buyer assumes responsibility for the month-to-month tenancy of the upstairs apartment. Occupant has never paid, uh, and no security deposit is being held. Uh, but there is a lease in place. Yes, it does not make sense. Please don't bother asking. <laughs> But it's, is the tenant regularly in and out of his room? I, that's the question. Like, if it's just a room where they're saying, someone's in there, don't go in. Or is it like, this bloke is just going to walk in and out of your house forever? Like, it feels like they're very different things. It says, according to the post, there is a mysterious tenant who lives in the upstairs, um, who lives upstairs from you that never pays rent and that the owner has never seen. Yeah, so it's just a room, right? I guess the assumption. Well, I guess either there's somebody in there or somebody's storing something in there. It's it's a single yeah. family home and there's someone living upstairs that no one's ever seen. Well, there's someone who owns the room upstairs. I guess so. Like, this is my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly going around, just claiming room. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I could. I, I, I don't, you couldn't buy a house. Could ever that make you me want to buy that house. Yeah. It's be like, oh, there's just one room I can't go in. Yeah, For, forever. But there is something a bit nick about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like this Fuck is off. my house, and that is my mystery tenant. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't talk to him. I don't know who he is. Don't go in there. Don't go up there. But it is my house. <laughs> yeah. Whole house is mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not allowed in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a bit weird, and you shouldn't agree to it. Doesn't it? Yeah. Which is but he's got a, he's, got, he's got a lease agreement that states that he doesn't have to pay rent, apparently. <laughs> I agree. I'm not going to pay you anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah. So, yeah okay. so somebody, some previous owner of the house has signed that and be like, yeah, it's fine. Let's just fuck over everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm selling anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah you live here forever, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like Storage Wars. And they rip open the door. Oh my god, it looks like a 35 year old man. <laughs> He's got a dog. <laughs> what? Do a podcast. With his dog. <laughs> Releasing it every week. It's a great acclaim. No one really knows who he is and what he's doing. I live on an interdimensional plane where laws do not apply. <laughs> I don't even go to the shops. How am I alive? No. <laughs> My dog's in great shape. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> you fucking irritating. If it's the top floor of your house, that means that if he's getting deliveries and stuff, if he's getting post, like, and that's a separate property upstairs, the postman, you have to let the postman into your house <laughs> to go upstairs to deliver the mail every morning. That would fucking irritate me. Yeah, you'd have to build a staircase outside, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> just go around. Yeah, but you can't Build go in the property, so you can't put the guy. wall through and put a door in because then you've entered the property. <laughs> so you've got to be like, look, if you want to send him something, you've got to build him a door. <laughs> <laughs> and go to the widow's peak. <laughs> then just chuck it. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I, I had a, um, another... Well, I've started to be a bit more reasonable when it comes to... Well, not reasonable, but a bit more proud... Well, not even proud. I don't know. I'm trying to take steps in the right direction. I don't know which direction this is. Right. But in turn, like, usually if I'm talking to somebody, anything's fine. And I'll just go along with everything, which usually leads me to be in weird situations. Yeah. But I don't know why. Maybe I'm just brand loyal. But this girl was telling me how she takes bubble baths with fairy liquid. Mm. And I just said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know how this goes. I go round, you're a one-eyed dwarf. (laughs) You're going to try and lock me in your bunk bed of death. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't know why that that was the line. It's a very weird line for you. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying out new things. (laughs) I'm 
sport. Yeah, don't be close-minded, Steve. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, don't use fairy liquid in the bath. Don't have a bath, have a shower. Don't just use fairy liquid. Use, I don't know, something else. Use vac stain remover or whatever. Was it vanish stain remover? You could use vanish stain remover as a shampoo, can you? Not shampoo. Yeah, shampoo. Um, Why don't you use industrial bleach to clean yourself? Because you burn your skin. <laughs> but that vanish can't be industrial, like bleach, can it? I guess. It still burns. No, nah, but it just magically removes a stain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not chemicals, it's magic. <laughs> vanish away my odour, vanish. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't use fairy, fairy liquids. It's weird to wash your hands with fairy liquid. I mean, you do it. But it's weird. Like, if, like, yeah, you know, we do it in soak work if we run out of soap. And, yeah, and you just pour it and it's all thick and yeah. it's weird. And then it more bubbles it's than you want. It's kind of viscous and it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, just it's imagine hard. swimming in it. Well, d- but but that's, that's, that's not how it works, though. Because if you, if you put fairy liquid in a sink of water and you're doing the dishes with it, it's not all thick and weird. It just makes bubbles. So you would have... No. No, yeah, so why wouldn't you do it? Because I, I've, I don't know. But there is a reluctance there is to a, do it, isn't yeah. it? It's got a baby on the bottle, but then you've got no more tears for babies And or they do always go on about, like, oh, how it leaves you with soft skin and stuff. Yeah, and how it's like a fair economy. Yeah. It's cheaper to use that than bubble. I mean, you wouldn't wash your dishes in bubble bath. No. I get that. Because yeah. bubbles aren't generically healing or removal of dirt. Yeah. But you wouldn't have a it's bubble bath. It's got to be the same kind of shit, though, isn't it? Soap is soap. Like, essentially all it does is, is lodge itself against grease so the grease can be washed off easily. But is bubble bath soap? Like, it, it's got soap in it, but, like, the whole thing about having a bubble bath is, like, scents and, uh, like, the smell of it and uh, it leaves... Yeah, yeah is that just I it? Just the I scent don't like it leaves? the smell of dishwater, necessarily. <laughs> Not after you put dishes in it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, they've got citrus flavours. <laughs> yeah. You might want to smell like <laughs> citrus. A bath. How can you tell? Because you smell like a lemon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, lemon is a nice smell, but it's not something good to smell like. I would be more readily available to accept a mysterious person living in the room above <laughs> than I would to take a, a bath in furry liquid. But well, then you can't, because the bath's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but I would also... I'd have a bath... In a food product more than very liquid. Well, like beans. Or yeah, something. like beans or soup. Or... Well, that's a different that's experience. Just weird. That's like one of those things. Well, I'll do anything once. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bath in dry pasta. God. Ow. It'd be really weird. I. You'd you'd have to use home brand beans, right? Because otherwise, you'd have to remortgage your house to fill a bath full. Of, of like Heinz, I didn't know you felt this way. It's like, what? So the price of Heinz is too high. Is Compared to if you, if if you're not going to eat it, I think yeah, I don't yeah. think the quality matters. But then you wouldn't much. get as much of the healing power, would you? No, and you would get more sauce and less beans. Yeah. This is essentially cheaper beans, isn't it? It's just more sauce in it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, okay, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was another thing. Going back to politics. Oh, oh, great! That, <laughs> that this one actually found quite <laughs> funny. Like people, like uh, especially about Trump and about this Jeremy Corbyn guy. Yeah, people have got a real fear of nuclear war. Yeah, right, which is justifiable, but they've got a real fear about having President Trump or Jeremy Corbyn in the room with a nuclear button. Right, that's what they fear because like Jeremy Corbyn has said that if ever he's put into the room with the nuclear warhead button, he'll put his hands behind his back and refuse to do it. Right. Because he doesn't believe in using nuclear warheads. Uh, which right. everyone's, like, terrified about. That People are like, oh, my God, how can you trust someone like that? What? It's Prime Minister. Because... How can you trust someone that won't kill millions of people? <laughs> well, the, the, the assumption is that it's a deterrent, right? By right. saying that you'll never nuke someone, they'll just nuke you, is the basic rationale. But I just don't believe that... The country's military arsenal has got like a joystick in some room. No, which is like, <laughs> like fire the joystick, bang! I fired the nuke at Syria. Ah, oh, here comes the planes. Yeah, it's like war games. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just there's a there's a button apparently 
that you just press and just nukes just fire. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you go, well, yeah, so number one, he's not decide- He's not configuring where the nuclear missiles are going. So that already removes a lot of the power from the president. Yeah. Right, you go like, it's got... <laughs> if, if, the, if the military do not want him to do it, they can not make it possible for him to do it. Yeah. You know, and, and what he does, uh, it, and it's not, sometimes it's not a button, it's like in the movies, it's a phone call, right? Yeah. Like, it's the like, red phone. Just, just do it. Yeah. And that person doesn't have to do it. No. Like, there's this whole thing about, well, he's in the army and he's taking on a direct order. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't have to do it. Yeah. So, all this, all this like, fear of Donald Trump now has the nuclear codes. You go, like, yeah, I don't think, I think if he's drunk, I don't think they're going to let him launch nuclear missiles. No. Like, for, on a whim. if there's been a nuclear attack they might be a bit more lenient and be like oh we had a drink before no worries let's get into this big nuclear war but it's the power's not with that I I don't believe that all the power lies in that one person yeah unless that person is a nuclear missile (laughs) (laughs) and then they've got to lose the room for other things like weddings and other functions they can't just be like well this is the room with the button in it yeah. Nobody come in it ever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I've got a lease on it that nobody can ever <laughs> Nobody can ever go inside and nobody's ever seen it because we haven't launched nuclear war yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gary's living downstairs. Like, Why can't I go in that room up there? So it's called the nuclear war. What's with all the it? black helicopters are always flying around? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he gets deliveries of uranium you know, on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, uranium is it's probably upstairs. I don't know his name, but he drinks a fuck lot of uranium. <laughs> I just got a letter addressed to the silo. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a genuine concern for people, and I think that's just pure paranoia. It's just like yeah. People thinking that these people in power have got unlimited power. It's like, it's just a bloke. Yeah. Like, just like, <laughs> he's a fucking idiot, but I don't think he'll launch any missiles. But he, even if he wanted to, I'm not. what I believe is that that does not mean that he can. No. Whereas people will say, no, he's got a suitcase with some well, numbers in it. With everything else, it's like there's checks and balances to stop certain things happening. Like, I, I think, yeah. like, in order, to, in order to go to war, like, the Senate or whatever it is, has to agree. Yes, let's go to war. You have to put it to a vote. You can't just decide. Well, I mean, that's what they said about Iraq. But I thought that was put to a vote. And that they voted against. Oh, and they still went. All right, well, fuck that, that, that was why it was... That was the UN, though, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, the UN said, like, no. No, it was uh, not the Senate. Con- was it Congress? Yeah, Congress. Like well, one of those. But yeah, the, yeah, that was like... The, but the UN's the government of all the governments, right? So then it would make... No, the, the UN I think is... that was the belief that it was like... If the, U, the UN has said nobody should go to war. Yeah. And then America was like, you well, fuck you. Do it anyway. Like, the UN is just a... It, it's, it's almost like an agreement. But you couldn't do that with a nuclear code. Because just typing in a nuclear code... Again, you haven't configured the missiles. You haven't fueled the missile. Yeah. You know, you haven't pointed it towards where yeah, you want I mean, it to go. Yeah, I mean, they're not always armed... Yeah, like it's it needs not to be just set like. Up. Eh, I feel like it. Press the button. No, there it goes. Like, and it's going to where I th- I wanted to think in my head where it's going to go. There yeah. it goes. <laughs> Prepare the missiles, and then there's like a couple of hours, and then they're ready or whatever. Yeah, you'd assume. Yeah, yeah. So it couldn't be. Yeah, yeah. My whole thing was yeah. There's not like a little room that the leader of a country goes in and you know uses all the god codes <laughs> and kills everybody. <laughs> yeah, nah, don't think so. I wasn't um, I, like I, there's there's been a lot of stuff bandying about about the um, the like media bias and stuff, and I'd never noticed it too much with the BBC until I actually started paying attention to them properly. And like mm-hmm. I went on their website today on the news website, and there's like oh, Tory success just fucking everywhere, and then um, like there was <laughs> there was a headline like it was like the third one down, and it said ex Labour MP. Um, accused of rape 
and was like, oh, it's pretty damning. And then I, I clicked on it, and he was like, yeah, some woman accused me of it. But I mean, like, the police haven't gotten hold of me or anything, and this is just a load of rubbish. But it's like, mm. all the BBC put on there on the front was just right. guy, like, Labour MP accused of rape. And it's like, so, a lot of people will just see that and be like, yeah. And then they won't go any further. And it's yeah. like, I kind of understand where all this bullshit, all, all this stuff about the bias and stuff is kind of yeah. coming in now, because that's pretty blatant. Well, I've never I've never seen it in the BBC, but I've never looked for it in the BBC. Yeah. I think that's the reputation of the BBC is meant to be as it's, it's, unbiased. Yeah, they're... But it's a media uh, agency, they're so they're going to be biased. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I've always seen it in other stuff where it kind of just gets crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, what is it? All the newspapers are meant to have an agenda. One of them loves Princess Diana. Daily um, Mail, I think. Yeah, one yeah. of them hates immigrants. Telegraph. I don't. I don't know which one. It, but they've all the married up loads hates of everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, and it's just like, well, yeah, well, then don't take this information as gospel. Yeah, just like don't take politicians' words as gospel when they're trying to tell you about a decision that has nothing to do with well, that can realistically have nothing to do with politics. Mm. Could have to do with government, but not politics. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah, people choosing their information. Yeah. Um, a Sutherland man was arrested on Monday on suspicion of driving under the influence after he crashed into a drug and alcohol rehab centre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late! <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I'm late, everyone. I was like, well, he's half right, he's halfway there, he's got good intentions. <laughs> you know, he, he did the 12 steps at 30 miles an hour. But he got there. <laughs> More episodes the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn, maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at PullingTeethPod. For anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature, or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at pullingteeth.audio. For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter at singitsteve and at nicksnip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week.